good enough and getting better. Welcome to the podcast where we can pursue personal growth, not because we have to in order to somehow be good enough, but because we know we already are good enough. We are each a unique and rare expression of human life with no duplicate. And from this foundation, we pursue personal growth because we know we can and because we know we are capable of creating all kinds of different experiences in life. And we want to play with that capacity and expand our options. We make personal growth enjoyable and easy when we can approach it with joy and playful curiosity instead of lack and insecurity. So stay tuned and join me on this journey to be more rooted in our true self-worth and more empowered in our growth process. We are good enough and we are getting even better. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. I am Laura Lenore and I am going to be talking today about bringing playful experimentation into our growth process. So a little personal note here about me is I have kind of an ongoing war with structure in my own life. I know that I need it, but I also really resist it and fight against it a lot. So it's like finding that balance point where I have enough structure to be able to get done what I need to get done, to accomplish what I want to accomplish, while also having it not be so rigid that it makes me feel boxed in that I have to like fight it. That balance is precious. It's really, really important to be able to find that in all of these different aspects of my life and what it is that I want to be able to do. And so one way that I have been able to do that for myself is to have kind of these playful experiments, like set a time frame and play with an idea for what I'm going to do for a certain period of time and just check in with myself for the results. So it's not like you're just setting a rule and then keeping it forever. This just allows you to be a little bit more fluid, a little bit more intentional, to have check-in points where you can really see like, hey, is this structure working for me? Is there something else I should try? So I'm going to break down that a little bit today as a way of helping you perhaps find an inroad to some of the structural changes that maybe you've been resisting in your own life. One way in which I think it's actually a really positive thing to sort of reframe this idea of structure and take it away from the idea of being sort of a rule, like in a negative way, is if you think about any creative process, right? So if you have a blank canvas in front of you and you have no idea what you're going to paint or a blank page in front of you and no idea what you're going to write, those sorts of things, Even just having a single parameter, like this painting can only use the colors blue, green, and black, right? That's going to get your creative juices flowing so much more than I can do anything. Oh, I have no idea what I'm actually going to do. And the same with writing. So if I told you to write a haiku about going to the beach, that's going to give you some ideas immediately that maybe you didn't have if you just had that blank page in front of you that had nothing, right? So having a little bit of structure is actually a way to access greater creativity. It actually gives us a little bit of freedom to experiment maybe outside of the lines of what we would have ordinarily chosen. Like maybe you don't normally paint portraits in blue and green and black, but because somebody gave you that parameter, you find something really interesting and new that brings that creative juices into your artwork, right? And we can do this in every area of life. So we're going to be talking about creating new experiences, using parameters, flexible parameters, 
as an evolving and fluid structure rather than a rigid one. Typically, if we think that we're going to have to do something forever and we think about it as being super restrictive, we're going to respond very differently to it than we do when it's something playful. It's an experiment. It's just something that we are doing for fun just to find out what happens, right? So an example from my own life, and this one's a little on the rigid side, but it's my most recent example, so I'm going to go into this one, is I have been playing with my relationship with eating sugar. Sugar is like my one vice or has been my one vice. And so saying like no more sugar, I have done that a few times in my life where I just stop eating it for a while. And I know that it, I feel better when I do that. It dramatically lowers my inflammation. It evens out my energy levels, all of that. But I have this sort of ongoing fight with it because quitting completely is unsustainable because inevitably there's going to be, you know, that birthday cake or something just that breaks your resolve if you never allow yourself to have it. But uh, eating as much as I want whenever I want is also not really working out for me either. So I have thought about this and played with different structures where there are one or two days a week where I pretty much eat whatever I want. And for me, that gives me a long enough stretch of going without it that it actually really reminds me of the cost of eating it when I do eat it. Because by Friday, my energy levels are much more even than they were on Monday when I'm not eating sugar during the week at all, right? And so this particular one, I started off by designating a month long. I'm going to do this only sugar on the weekends. And I've done this in the past. I'm doing this again because I know it actually works pretty well for me. I've experimented with having one day on the weekend instead of both to eat sugar. And I find that I am much more likely to view that as a binge day than if I'm just kind of being a little bit more reasonable over the whole weekend. And so experimenting is how you figure that out, right? You just try it, you find out, you notice how you feel, you decide for yourself like, hey, what do I want to do for the next month? Looking at how this past month went. And so that's a way in which you can take something where you want to make a change. And instead of saying, I'm never going to eat sugar again, you're playing with the balance in your life. You're playing with like, okay, what is it that gets me where I want to go? What is it that gets me where I want to go? Helps me feel how I want to feel without feeling overly restrictive, without feeling overly, um, I don't know, authoritarian or whatever. So if we look at some of the other types of change that we might want to make, incorporating this idea, right? Incorporating that we can create an experiment for ourselves to just see what's possible for us to just play with this short time span to figure out like, what kind of difference this would make if I do this thing in my life, right? So some thoughts, some ideas, maybe incorporating more time in our lives for play and creativity by actually planning a time instead of letting ourselves brush it off in the moment in favor of, of the all the work that we always have piled up that's waiting to be done. That pile is never going to end. So you have to enjoy yourself sometime, right? Giving yourself permission to do that. Maybe it's something like getting outdoors more, walking more. Maybe there are certain career tasks like you have studying to do for certain certifications and you just put them off forever. Maybe experimenting with a certain amount of time to spend working on whatever those goals are that have been in the back of your mind where it would feel nice to actually make some progress, but also do so in such a way that you are not necessarily expecting yourself to do all of it. 
You're just saying like, hey, what if I set aside this time period or did this many pages of this per week? You're just creating a little bit of an experiment for yourself and allowing yourself to be playful with that idea, right? And so here's some tips about kind of how you might want to do this. The first thing, obviously, pick an area that is important to you. There are so many things that we think that we need to do or that we should do that aren't really actually important to us. They might just feel important because at some point in our life growing up or whatever, we internalize this idea from our parents, from culture, from society, that this is the way someone like me should live their life. And a lot of times those things that we just never do, it's because we don't really connect with that goal at all for ourselves, right? And so ask yourself really honestly, this goal, this thing that I want to experiment with, that I want to play with, is this actually important to me? Or is this something that I am really interested in doing for other people's opinions, other people's comfort level, etc.? One huge clue is if you use the word should about something, oh, I should do this, I should do that. That is often a word that indicates that that is an external motivation, not an internal one. We very rarely say, oh, I should this about something that we actually really want to do for ourselves. So just examine that and pick something that's actually really important to you and allow it to be something that's really interesting to you too. Like don't necessarily start with the hardest thing in your life. If that has been a huge battle for you, find some smaller piece of that or find a sort of related area that might give you a sense of accomplishment as you sort of build up your ability to complete these shorter term experiments successfully. But pick something that matters to you. Pick something that you want to do. The second thing is I suggest setting a short-term window, depending on the activity, the experiment, what makes sense for specifically what you're doing. That might be a week, two weeks, a month, a quarter. Don't make it too long because you really want to have a sort of iteration process where you do it for a certain period of time and then you check in and notice what the results were and then just sort of adjust your idea for what you want to do you know, the next week or the next month. And uh, when you're deciding on the window, really notice what feels like a challenge in a good way, like that you can get a little bit excited about, but that doesn't feel so long that you really feel discouraged or resistant. So if you try out different timeframes in your mind, you're really looking for that sweet spot where it doesn't feel too easy, but it also doesn't feel too hard. So experiment with that in your mind. Think about, okay, if I do this just for this week, how do I feel about that? Just for two weeks, a month. Um, it actually is sometimes harder to achieve goals that are too easy just because we don't get very excited or engaged in them. So definitely pick that challenge point that feels a little bit of a stretch without being too much of a stretch. Similarly, you also want to pick a piece that feels engaging and interesting to you, that feels big enough to be engaging and interesting, while not picking a piece that's so large that it feels impossible. So in my example, I talked about looking at the amount of sugar that I'm eating, and you could decide that you want to overhaul absolutely every part of your diet at once and look at fiber and nutrient density and, you know, how many carbohydrates you're eating. And like, maybe there's a lot of different pieces of diet that are things that you feel like you need to work on. And maybe you're somebody who needs to feel like you're doing all of those things at once in order to feel engaged and interested in the experiment. 
But most of us are going to do better if we pick a smaller piece than that in order to feel like, okay, this is something that's a little bit challenging, but it's not too challenging. Overhauling our entire life at once is really often not the easiest way to create lasting, sustainable changes. So feel that out for yourself. Is this a big enough piece to maintain my interest here, but not so big that it feels like I'm not going to be able to do it? Um, You also can incorporate uh, ways to make this activity more pleasant and enjoyable to you. So, you know, the sugar one is maybe not a great example, uh, except that the pressure relief valve that I have of imagining that whatever it is that I want on a Tuesday or Wednesday, just telling myself like, oh, okay, if I really still want that by Saturday or Sunday, I can have that. No big deal. But some other examples... I use a certain brand of incense that I really, really enjoy the scent of while I'm doing meditation, and it's made me actually really look forward to meditation. I've really been able to stick with that time much more easily because it's something that is pleasurable in a specific way. If I want to do more walking, I'm much more likely to go for a walk in the middle of the day. If I stop by a wooded trail, you know, near my work, instead of just walking around the houses in my neighborhood, right? So really thinking about like what easy sort of tweaks you can do to this activity to make it really more pleasant and enjoyable and fun. So really think about that before you go into it. What am I going to do to make this actually more of a game, more of a playful experience? Uh, Another point I want to make is that it's really important to make your parameters really clear because part of what this experiment is doing for us is removing the ambiguity about the decisions that we're making in a specific area of our life, right? So if you really think in advance, what are you going to do and what are you not going to do? What is your strategy for when the obstacles come up, right? What is my workaround for days when I'm really busy? What is my workaround for days when I'm really craving this thing very hard? Like what are sort of the alternative things that I'm going to turn to instead or ways that I'm going to push through or even distract myself from this feeling? Whatever your strategy is, in my case, for things that I'm a little more resistant to at least, I like to actually write it all out in the form of a contract and then sign it to myself. Like for this month, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. You can even have an accountability partner sign with you right? You can add on a section about your hypothesis if you really want to make it more like an experiment. Like what changes do you expect to notice by the end of the experiment or along the way? And in that sort of case, noting what is your starting point, right? What are the sort of data points that establish where you are now so that you can compare against those at the end of your experimental period of time? And then finally, having a way to bring some awareness into your experiment so that you are actually sort of appreciating your progress along the way, appreciating the sort of details that maybe would get lost in our busy day-to-day lives. So maybe you can write a journal about what you're noticing. Maybe you have an accountability buddy in the process that is somebody who will talk, somebody who you can talk about it throughout that time frame to kind of check in and see where you're at, right? So building in some sort of awareness of what you're noticing, what you're doing, how it's feeling in your body, or, you know, depending on the goal, that's that's going to change depending on what you're noticing. So I'm going to give a few examples here just to give you a little bit more of a sense of what we're going for. 
Sharon has chosen the goal of wanting to walk more. She has specified a doable minimum amount in minutes because that makes more sense to her because it's easier to plan, but miles work too if you like that better. Sharon chooses 15 minutes so that she can do more if she wants to and if she feels up to it, but she knows that she still completes the experiment successfully even if she only has 15 minutes to spare on a certain day. She's going to start the experiment with just two weeks because that feels doable, but also like an accomplishment compared to her current activity levels. She thinks of ways to make the activity more enjoyable, such as identifying several beautiful natural areas near her home and her workplace that she can work into her schedule fairly easily, though accepting that there will be days where she needs to just step out her front door and do 15 minutes in her neighborhood. She also picks a couple of favorite podcasts that she rarely has time for to listen to only while walking in order to make it something that she looks forward to even more. She measures her resting heart rate before starting and makes some notes in a journal about her general energy levels throughout the day, day to day, because these are the areas that she thinks she's going to notice changes. And her journal is her main way of tracking what she is experiencing and feeling along the way because she's already in the habit of journaling and this is easy for her to incorporate. But she's also asked her friend Abby to specifically call at the end of the two-week challenge to ask her about her results and to ask her about what her intentions are moving forward from there, such as loving the results enough to keep going with the same structure for another two weeks, or maybe trying only 10 minutes next time, or maybe trying 30 minutes next time if she needs more of a challenge. She picks Abby because she knows that she'll be a supportive person and never judge no matter what the results are that come from the experiment. So that helps her to keep it playful and fun. Another example uh, is Martin, who wants to eat healthier, but since there's no one type of food that's an issue He's going to start by working on finding healthier snacks and meals that he really enjoys rather than focusing on cutting things out. He's actually working on bringing in something healthier to take its place, which is actually a great strategy. And maybe I should think about doing it that way, too. So his goal is going to be a little bit longer over three months to give him more time to work this in gradually as experimenting with cooking and all that takes time. He is going to find one healthy snack food and one meal that he loves each week and then add them to a running list. He starts by scheduling an hour every Sunday on his calendar to think about what he's going to try that week, to write his grocery list, to browse recipes, etc. as needed, and to decide what item or items, if he finds more than one, will make the list from last week. He defines what healthy means for him specifically. Number of calories is a factor that he cares about. Eating less dairy seems like something that will help him based on how he typically feels after eating it. So he's decided to find only things without dairy. And he wants to include more nutrient density and fiber. So he's decided that each item should contain a whole grain, a fruit, or a vegetable, or some combination of those, but at least one of those things. So now that he has his time frame and his parameters, his real goal is to play with those rules to find the things that are the most delicious and enjoyable for him. So the goal actually feels really positive from the start. He uses social media to share his picks of the week, which keeps him accountable and also ends up getting so many recommendations from people for what to try next. And that actually really helps him to move forward. It gives him ideas and it helps him that people are so excited to see him succeed. 
He notices that the feeling of, oh, I am going to try this new food instead of scolding himself for those unhealthy choices that he's trying to move away from is much more empowering and feels much more like an adventure. And so for a third and final example, we're going to talk about Renee, who is a bit of a self-described workaholic. She's beginning to realize the toll that her lifestyle is taking on her body and her enjoyment of life and her relationships. She remembers from her early 20s how much she enjoyed reading fiction for fun rather than the mostly career-related nonfiction she reads now, and having get to and having get-togethers with friends, and she rarely does either of those things these days. So her experiment is going to start with those two downtime activities to start with. She decides that she is going to schedule two social activities per month and read one novel. And she's just going to start this for one month at first because she wants to make sure she still gets the same enjoyment that she did when she was younger. And she's going to also keep a running list of other things she might enjoy doing with her downtime so that she can mix up the experiment a bit on a month-to-month basis. This actually turns out to be a great strategy for her because she finds out that she doesn't actually enjoy spending long hours reading as much as she thought she would compared to, say, putting on an audiobook while she's at the gym. And she discovers while doing a paint and sip with her friends that she is actually really enjoying making art, which is a surprise. And it's actually quite relaxing and fulfilling. So that one is something that she keeps doing several months in a row until it's something that gets comfortably worked into her routines. So approaching this knowing that you don't necessarily know what the results are going to be, right? You don't necessarily know how things are going to end up. But just going into it with this idea of let's see what happens. Let's just notice what the impact of this thing is on my life. Let's just play with this and find out, right? I'm just going to do this for two weeks. I'm going to do this for a month. I'm going to do this for a few months. And we're just going to notice what happens. That feels totally different than just telling yourself, oh, you have to do this thing. You have to make this change, right? It's a completely different feeling. So my challenge to you for this month is to take one thing one area of your life where you want to change your experience, your habits, and add some structure that you've been resisting, something along those lines. And once you decide on this area, go over the points we discussed, which I'll also put in the show notes, and set the parameters so that you feel really clear, set the time frame so that feels good, find ways to make this playful, enjoyable, get some accountability or support in the process, and allow yourself to really play with the experience, play with the process, right? And I would love to hear about your experiments. So you can find me on good enough and getting better on facebook.com, or you can find me at Lenore Hypnosis and drop me a note. Tell me what your experiment was. Tell me how it worked out. Um, Tell me how you were able to make it so much more fun and enjoyable than you usually experience for you know, sort of goals and personal growth projects. And then stay tuned for next week. Join me for the hypnosis portion of this month's theme, where we are going to work on accessing your own unconscious ability to bring more playfulness into your goals, into your growth process, to access this part of you that knows that all of these serious adult activities can actually secretly be a game, secretly be an adventure, can be something that is actually fun to play with, right? Because there's so many things we can experience. And it's our choice for how we want to experience those things in 
especially at this deeper level, we can really choose to bring this playfulness into our lives. It really can be very empowering. So stay tuned for that. I hope you join me for that. Thank you so much for spending this time with me today, for listening to this episode. I appreciate all of you for listening, for liking and rating and sharing this podcast, all of that, sharing it with your friends who could use this information as well. And I hope to have you join me again here next time. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.